So <laughs> we are so blessed to know that there's a Lord who's on the throne. He's on the throne. He will always be on the throne. He is for the church. I hear a buzz. That's okay. You guys will fix it. We are in First Peter. We dealt with a couple of things. You know, Peter was a disciple, a follower of Jesus. He's the guy who got out of the boat, who walked on water. It's coming out of this monitor. He walked on water for a, a moment or two, right? Have you guys ever walked in water? You say, yeah, because you've walked on ice, right? We can say we walked on water. We live in Minnesota. And we could go on, couldn't we? You guys hear that buzz? Yeah? Must be my only problem. I got to get comfortable. Dave, Ethan, you did a great job. Anna, you did a great job. And Ethan. Uh, there's nothing like worship that leads us into the presence of God. I, I, I can just keep going. There's always another level, new level, deeper intimacy with the Lord. Uh, the Lord says, he, he says his word, he inhabits the praises of his people. He comes and dwells in the hearts. Chronicles, one of the letters of Chronicles says that his eyes are moving to and fro, looking for a heart in whom he can fill. How about you and I? Let's be a heart, let's be a vessel that God can fill today. Let's be ready. Peter was not the same Peter when he wrote 1 Peter. Peter went from kind of being, his personality was step out, let's do it, we can walk on water, Jesus, but well, wait a minute, I'm not supposed to walk on water, now I'm sinking. Peter went from, uh, you know, being strong personality to being afraid for his life at the, at the crucifixion, just before the crucifixion, denies the Lord three times, just kind of leading into Peter's life a little bit, reading into his life. He's the guy who just went back to fishing after the Lord had crucified and Peter had yet to understand that the Lord was resurrected. He just went back to his old ways. And then Jesus shows up on the shoreline and is making, making a breakfast and, and Jesus rec uh, Peter recognizes Jesus is, is on the shore and he jumps out of the, you know, he just, he just runs toward the shoreline. There was a great celebration and yet there was a challenge from Jesus himself. He challenged Peter to feed my sheep. Peter was, well, you know, what about John? John, John. What's he going to do? Jesus said, don't worry about John. He has, I have a plan for him as well. It's just you and I. 
right now, right, right now, Jesus, I believe, has a tailor-made plan for each and every one of you. Tailor-made, especially for you. He has, he knows who you are. He's created you. And now we get we get to the letter. We we talked a bit a bit about some of the challenges that the church has faced, and they're you know dealing with with the persecution of the because they because they believe in Jesus. They're somehow some kind of imposter, or there's some how how they're going to destroy the. The, the community or the, destroy their lives, and the very opposite is in, in view, it, actually. And so we've dealt with a couple of things about that, bringing to the third chapter, and then we're going to get into the fourth. It just bounce a couple things off you on the, on the third chapter. Peter dealt a little bit with the suffering, you know, the suffering that we may, we may endure some suffering because of our righteousness in Christ. See, righteousness doesn't go along with the world. Righteousness in Christ doesn't agree with the value of the world. It's a conflict. And that's what we're seeing in our world today, good and evil. Jesus said there will be days where you will be Persecuted, you will. In fact, he talked about it a, a bit on the Sermon of the Mount. If you just sneak a little bit, if you have a Bible, to the the uh, fifth chapter, you read you read these words of Jesus. Blessed are those, verse ten, chapter five of Matthew. Blessed are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In other words, that all, all heaven awaits for those who have stood up for the faith, who have been ridiculed or mocked or tortured or killed. Blessed are you when men cast insults at you. And say all kinds of evil against you falsely on account of me. Rejoice, be glad, for your reward in heaven is great, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth. I don't know, I don't know about you, but um, food is pretty tasteless without salt. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Some of you guys like garlic and really like to pepper it up. I don't go to that extreme, but I do like a little salt, even in oatmeal, right? Oatmeal is flat without salt. Have you ever had, you ever forgot to put, you knew you forgot to put salt in your oatmeal. The minute you, you've been there, you, oh, great, I forgot the salt. You can't, you can't, mm, can't enjoy it as much. Salt is good the, the right amount. Oversalting, not so good. Not so good. You can try to cover it up with sugar, and then, oh boy, it helps maybe, yeah, but now it's all sugar, and it's just sickening. See, 
Salt, and look at it this way. Salt is a preservative. Do you know that you and I are to be preservatives? Salt of the earth through Christ. That you're preserving the truth. You're keeping life going. You're keeping things alive because of the salt that comes to Jesus. Jesus said if this, if this salt has become tasteless, how will it be made salty again? He doesn't answer that. But I say we got to get in the salt shaker or get inside of the, this presence again. We got to get a little closer. He, he would bring our salt level up. He brings our taste level up. He brings our in, impact, our, like a sponge. You know, remember them sponges you used to play with in grade school? You know, kindergarten. Did they give you sponges back then? Don't remember that far back? Okay. I kind of do. But it was fun because you could, you could, they started out really flat and hard, and you put them in the water. Ooh, they got really big and gooshy, and you could wipe stuff down. And if you bumped them, water would ooze out. You remember that? Kind of do? Okay, it's okay. Anyway, wouldn't it be interesting if we were so full as a sponge that when people bumped into us, good things came out of us? I mean, like, you blessed people. Whoa, mama, mama, careful, careful. Don't want to fall down. Careful. Too many cords. Austin? Now listen. Just a minute. It's like stuffed under here. Austin's not even here. Wouldn't it be funny if the pastor fell down on the stage? No. Come on. Um, can I tell you one story? And I won't mention the name of the brother. Okay, I'll just leave you hanging. I was at a funeral. I was at a memorial service for my cousin, and all my brothers were there. One of my brothers had a, I think he was doing a song. And I was sitting in the front, and he, he just about fell on the floor. Because he tripped off the stage. In fact, he might have went down. He got up, I'm okay. I'm okay. But it startled everybody, but I don't know why I said that. What comes out of us when we are under pressure? Sometimes we're tested. Sometimes we fail the test. Sometimes we sin. And then we realize how weak, how vulnerable, how fragile. And Peter recognized later in his life how much he would learn to depend on God and the Holy Spirit 
and Jesus Christ living in his heart, that he would not be exempt from trial. Now I'm going to skip it in. I'm diving into the next verses. Bear with me. I may go back and forth and crisscross and around and around, but I want to stay to the text as much as possible. But things come to me while I'm preaching many times, and I just kind of go with it. I get my little notes out here, but there's not a whole lot of stuff. Have you ever read this lately? Verse 12 of 1 Peter chapter 4, read it. I'll read it for you. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal. Love that phrase, fiery ordeal. This is just great. I'm at the gas station this week, and I filled up with gas and go to start the truck, and I go diddly 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 Okay? I got to get to work. I got concrete scheduled. It's just life. First, the truck has 270 some thousand. You know, something's going to give. So, diddly diddly diddly, you know, it went, it, went, it went on for 15, 20 minutes. You know, wait. Okay. Lord, I didn't really say, Lord, will you fix my truck? Just, Lord, what am I supposed to do now? What should I do? Well, call your wife. Tell her to ask her to come pick you up. Okay. One more time. You know, no, nothing. So, in the process of unloading the truck into the other truck, which is a bigger truck, a small dump truck, I managed to get to the job, and everything was okay. And Carrie took care of the towing thing and whatever, and did the work for me. And I just, you know, it's just small stuff. It's just small stuff. Fiery ordeal. Have you ever been in an ordeal lately? Have you ever went through a, a kind of a crazy thing, like, what next? You would say it, you would think it, and you wonder, what is this all about? Come on. In this life, you will have trouble. Jesus said that. But he said, don't worry. I will be with you. I will help you. I will direct you. I believe it's more important to how we react sometimes to trials or what we actually, how we react, what comes out of us when we're under pressure, the test of our character, of our inner man. And so we realize the Word of God helps us. The Word of God is sort of the Spirit, the Word of God, but we, we're going to back now up in the, in the passage of chapter 4, we're going to look at and review a bit of these verses. I mentioned them last time, I believe. The end of all things is at hand, verse 7, chapter 4, 1 Peter. The end of all things is at hand. 
If he said it, the end of all things is at hand back then, how much closer are we to the end of all things now? And the point is this. Be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Sober. Never smile. No, that's not what it means. Kind of half mad, sober. No, that's not what it means. Its meaning has its. You have to think sober. Be in. Be alert. Be awake. Be alive. Be watching, waiting, looking, seeking, listening. Sober spirit has to do with being in a position to hear what Jesus would say to you. Through prayer, you have this access to him. Through he, through he, he, has, he has given us this invitation to come. Draw near. James said it, and I will draw near to you. Wow. You remember when the disciples were sort of like were three guys, three of the disciples, you know, Jesus was off in the Garden of Gethsemane, was agonizing in prayer before the cross, and he would just ask the disciples, just, just wait, watch with me, just pray with me for an hour. Pretty soon he heard snores. Found the disciples sleeping. He says to them, are you, are you guys sleeping? Oh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And I don't think Jesus is against our sleeping, against taking a nap now and then. Right? What he wants is, he doesn't want us to miss out spending time with him and pressing in. It may, maybe your time is when you're you're alone and you maybe have music on or whatever it takes for you. Maybe your time is when you're you're laying in bed at night and you just seem like you can't sleep very much and not sleep where you're gonna go, I'm gonna talk to Jesus and I'm gonna listen. Or maybe you're driving on the way to work and that's your time. Whatever it may be, let's make time to open our heart to what the Spirit of the Lord may say to you and I. Be sober. This is this is this correlates or goes right along with other portions of scripture that has to do with the second coming of the Lord. And he deals with it in other places. Paul dealt with it in the letter of 1 Thessalonians. It says, be, be alert, be, be watching, be waiting, that we would not be taken off guard. We were not following Jesus at a distance. Remember that phrase in the New Testament when Peter was following Jesus, following him up as, they was, as Jesus was being led out uh, after after that instance with 
with cutting off Malchus's ear. Remember that story? And you know, obviously Malchus has name Malchus. He he ducked and Peter sliced. He was aiming for his head, but he just sliced the ear off. And Jesus said, Don't do that. Don't react that way. Fixes Malchus's ear. And he's led out to the next stage of the game toward Pilate and toward the, this, the scourging process. And Peter was following him at a distance, not wanting to be seen. He was afraid. And Peter's a different Peter after waiting in the upper room after Jesus told the disciples to tarry in Jerusalem till the Holy Spirit comes and fills you. Peter, after the empowering of the Holy Spirit, along with the 120 that were there, as they were heard, they were speaking in other foreign languages and people that were in the town heard their languages being spoken and they were speaking praises to God. They were speaking things right to God by the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then Peter, it says in the book of Acts, he takes his stand. Peter takes the stand. Peter take, takes authority and he begins to proclaim with boldness the things of God and the, the Old Testament history. He, he begins to reveal it and weave it right up into their moment. He says people's hearts were caught. Some of them believed, some of them didn't believe. Some of them wanted to run him out. You see, that's the battle. That's the battle that is taking place in our world today. Friends, if you and I ever get somewhat kind of feel like you ever like persecuted, feel like maybe you're losing your freedom, that's exactly what the enemy wants. He wants to take away your voice. He wants to silence you. Silence you. He wants to take away your joy. He wants to take, 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 take. Kill, kill, kill. But Jesus said, I am greater than he, and because, you, because he's in you, because I'm in you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We have authority. Did you know that you can speak in the name of Jesus? And it says, this mountain, if you believe, it will be removed. Or there's sickness that comes. He's talked to, James said it, you have sickness. That the elders of the church pray the prayer of faith. We need to get back to that. I'm hungry for that. I believe in that. That you and I have been given the privilege, the freedom, the power to not just sit back and take it as it comes, but to rise up with the Spirit of God within us. Man. This is the thing. This is the thing right here. Let's be sober. Let's be alert. When we recognize it's not from God, then it's somewhere else. Let's not receive it. If someone says to you in some way that kind of you just doesn't resonate, and you recognize you're facing you're facing enemy. And here's what Peter is encouraging. These people here were being persecuted. 
for their faith. They needed to understand that in verse 16 of chapter 4, we read this, anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not feel ashamed, but in that name, let him glorify God. You don't have to be ashamed. Jesus Many people don't understand who Jesus is. How will they know? Romans 1.16, Paul wrote these words, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, also the Greek. Not ashamed of the gospel. Words time. Back to verse 17, verse Peter 4. Judgment to begin with the household of God. If it begins with us first, what will be the outcome? What is he saying? This, this persecution thing, this that you feel like you're being judged, that you feel like God is testing you, and you feel like that this battle is so big that you can't. There's no way you can do it in your own strength. Guess what, friends? We can't do it in our own strength. And the sooner we learn that, the better off we are. We have the Lord to call on. And secondly, we need one another in the body of Christ in order to be successful. And I didn't have this in my nose, but you, if you read Nehemiah, how they, Nehemiah had a heart to restore the walls of Jerusalem, they faced opposition almost from the start, but especially as they were beginning to gain, gain ground and things were happening, the wall was coming up, it was up and almost halfway up, and there just about the time, that's where the enemy really got frustrated and began to turn it on. You see, just, just begin to read the science. You have had some good things that happen lately. Isn't it interesting when sometimes you have a good thing happen, there's another ugly thing happen? Yeah. Have you ever noticed that pattern? It's just about like, well, we can never really totally take our guard down. Be sober, be alert, keep praying. You know, I've read this verse above all, keep fervent, verse 8. Love, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sins. I, I, I saw that in a different way this today, I don't know, I was thinking on it, and and I don't know if this is, I don't always claim to get it all right, exactly. I've always taken that verse, but this love helps me to accept other people, help me to overlook their issues and problems and see their soul, and I believe that's very Applicable, if I can say the word, applicable. 
I'm looking at this, I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking. Could it be, if I keep fervent in my love for one another, because love, if I love people, I'm less apt to sin myself. I'm less apt to begin to think negative on them and begin to curse them in my heart. Love covers a multitude of sins. It may also apply to you and I that, as Proverbs says, watch over your heart. Watch over your heart. No one can watch over your heart but God, of course, but you and God. Only you. And God know what's really in your heart. And if I let down my guard, I could get in trouble. I could get in the flesh. Oh, pastor, get in the flesh. Yes, pastors can get in the flesh. People of God can get in the flesh. Let their flesh have a moment. That's the ugly thing. But good news is we get back. Pull ourselves back. We restart, we renew, we rekindle. Back to the song they sang earlier. Closer. I believe the days are coming when we're going to need more closeness, closer with God. We're going to need to be, we're going to even need more of, of the power. Who knows what kind of persecution waits? God is going to be through this. God will bring us to the end. He'll bring us to heaven above. Whatever reason now, let's believe. Let's believe. Let's sing this song again, and we're going to conclude in a prayer, of course. Let's just begin to enter back into that place of worship and recognizing Jesus is the one who we need so much.